into the contest. It is Tuesday the 18th of October. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee, who's back from a music festival. I'm envious of this. We took the kids to the Tamworth Country Music Festival, and I remember how good that was a few months ago. Yeah, well, this wasn't far from there. It was uh, up near Tyree. It was called the Wingham Music Festival, and uh, you took the kids along to their first ever one, mate, and they, um, they had a really, really good time. They had some good acts uh, the Black Sorrows, um, Daryl Braithwaite was playing, and the and the Waifs. So it was, um, yeah, it was good fun. Had by all, mate. It was, but pretty much most of the music, mate, was country and western. <laughs> yeah, two types of music. I saw your Instagram post. Oh, I love a little bit of ha ha. How's that? Well, we've got the cricket. We've got the latest in the T Twenty World Cup. What about Scotland? Goodness gracious me! This Ned Brockman. Everyone's saying he deserves Australian of the Year after running from Perth to Bondi for charity. And Robbie Farah is at the Rugby League World Cup. We'll check in with him. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. First it was Namibia, Shino. Now it is Scotland ripping the heart out of the West Indies. This was quite extraordinary. It was. Um, am I shocked? No. This uh, this West Indian team, very young bunch of guys, all talented, but they can be very spasmodic. Um, and they're also they're playing down there in Tasmania, mate, where it was almost Arctic conditions. So it probably played into the hands of Scotland. Look, they batted first. They ended up scoring five for one sixty pretty much due to George Munsey, um, who opened the batting left hand and scored 66 not out of 53 balls and just hung in there and got a decent total. Then the West Indies all bowled out for 118, mate, with what the best of the bowlers taking three for 12 or four. Yeah, uh, well, I think we're going to see a few more upsets. We yeah. might see a couple in the Rugby League World Cup uh, as well, I think, through the course of time. And what about this Sri Lankan 31-year-old just playing a, a little bit of club cricket? Next thing you know, he's got the Victorian hat on. Yeah, so he, he played... Uh, first class cricket in Sri Lanka um, over a decade ago, and he's just mm-hmm. playing down there in, um, in in grade cricket in in Melbourne, Victoria, um, and has been pulled out of grade cricket. His name's uh, Rothwana uh, Kalapothra, and um, look, he bowled pretty well. He, he definitely turns the ball. He ended up getting um, the big wicket of Bancroft. Uh, got him stumped. He was on a hundred when he got him, but yeah, he got him down the wicket, drifted it in, and turned it away, and. Uh, yeah, he's at 31. That's not very odd for a leg spinner. He could he could end up playing quite a lot of first class cricket in in his country. Yeah, that'll be interesting to watch. One mm. now, what about yeah. the name Ned Brockman? I had been told about this uh, a little while back of a uh, young tradie, 23 year old, running from Perth to Bondi for charity. It, it is quite amazing. The scenes at Bondi yesterday, it was like the end of the Olympic Games. What a performance uh, to run 3,800 kilometres in 46 days. Isn't that unbelievable? 3,800 Ks in 46 days. Uh, he raised $1.3 million for the charity Mobilise, and um, it's addressing the issues around homelessness. Um, so a huge effort, mate. And, um, yeah, but it's, I, I just I, 
I'd have any broken that down how many k's that is per day, but that's 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 a fair pace to get right across the country. It's, that's not an easy run, I would imagine. I oh, know. <laughs> Look, I don't know how you feel, but I just strain a ligament thinking about it. It's uh, and I hate flying a- to Perth. <laughs> You're better off going to Fiji. It's closer. Um, now AFL, this is brutal. Some of the cutting that's going on from football teams. Yeah, brutal. Ninety five players cut um, in the uh, I suppose the off season cull. Uh, I suppose a couple of notable ones, uh, the Western Bulldogs, um, Mitch Wallace, who has pretty much been the heart and soul of that club for many years, um, has been brutally cut. Um, and Mitch Robertson um, from Brisbane, was well, he's been forced into retirement now by Chris Fagan by cutting him as well. So two guys that um, have had an ex- extreme amount of um, experience at both those football clubs uh, find themselves now looking for another job. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not an easy mm. one, is it? It's, it's a nope. people that want to say, "Oh, being a professional sports person is is easy." No, it's not. It's difficult uh, in ninety nine percent of cases. To be honest, um, this did look ludicrous in the basketball. Perth Wildcats, Jess Wagstaff, and people like Andrew Gaze and. Lauren Jackson and others have come out and said, why is this guy getting suspended? He sort of dropped the shoulder in what you'd sort of see as a regulation move on the, the basketball court in the NBL. He initially copped a couple of games that got downgraded to one, but didn't look like it deserved anything. Yeah, his name's Jess, Jess Wagstaff, as you said, Timmy, playing for the Perth Wildcats. And it was, it, was base, it was a basic screen where you get in the way of someone coming through, you hold your position, and he did firm up, but he's, yeah, he got knocked down himself and he's, he's been suspended. Um, yeah, it was a strange call, this one. And yeah, it was on Lockie Barker, who's, who was a guy that was attacking him, but I, I thought he held his own position correctly. And, but anyway, for whatever reason, the powers of be saying that he's now going to be suspended for it. Anyone that follows college football will know how big uh, it is. And particularly when you look at teams like the Crimson Tide of Alabama and the Tennessee Volunteers and their rivalry is just through the roof. We're talking a hundred odd thousand teaming at a game and when Tennessee overcame uh, their arch rivals in an extraordinary game of football, it just went off. It Hell broke loose. They even took off. I've heard of taking corner posts in rugby league, but I haven't heard of them taking the goalposts as a souvenir, but that's what they did. They certainly did. As you said, Tim, Timmy, Tennessee got home with a field goal to win 52 to 49. 100,000 students stormed the field and basically ripped down the goalposts um, and then carried them out of the ground. They were actually carrying people on top of the goalposts, almost like a, I don't know, like a, a a bloody pole they're walking out on, and um, and and they hundred thousand people exited the ground with the goalposts in hand. Amazing! It was, it was ridiculous. Go and <laughs> yeah. have a look online at it. <laughs> Stay with us because we'll be talking to rugby league great Robbie Farah, who of course is part of the coaching staff with the Lebanese team at the Rugby League World Cup in England. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one-stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters. Build fast sports multis and play same-game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian-owned. The only betting app you need this spring is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly.
It is time to head to the north of England. And uh, look, we set the alarm at our place. Of course, uh, most people listening to this know I'm half Lebanese. I was watching the Mighty Cedars with my son. And Robbie Farrow, of course, is part of the coaching staff. Boy, they played well. They really tackled well. And they were right in 18 12 early in that second half. Yeah, anyone watching that game or going into that game would have expected an easy win for the Kiwis. But we, mm. we came up with a plan. We prepared really well. Um, and we had a clear plan going into it. And I thought the boys executed that plan for a good 50 to 60 minutes. And um, unfortunately, um, you know, obviously the superior sort of fitness and strength of the Kiwis uh, ran away with it in the end. And losing Adam in the last 20 didn't help either. But yeah, I think we, we walked off the field very proud of our effort and definitely a great building block going into our next two games in the World Cup. Robbie, 100% at 18-12, they're right in the game there, but uh, it was interesting uh, reading Michael Checker's um, comments post-match to saying Joey Manu was a super, super performance and uh, he, he was almost a class above everyone else out in the paddock, wasn't he? Yeah, who was a difference in the end. And when you look yeah. at Kiwi's tries, they didn't really score anything from structured play. Mm. We handled the structure really well. We we slowed down the ruck as best we could. Um and, and their tries came off offload, second phase play, and the brilliance of Joey Manu. And I think if you take him out of the team last night, um, we're a fair chance of winning that game, to yeah, be honest. So, um, yeah, like you said, 18 12 after 55 minutes, we make a break down the right edge. I think it was Josh Messel kicked back infield, and the Kiwis scrambled on their try line to stop the try. And uh, we score there, and 18 all with 25 to go. And uh, it, it becomes pretty interesting, doesn't it? You know, we. Um, we obviously spoke to the Kiwi camp after the game and I'm good friends with Madge and uh, he told me he was quite nervous at that stage. So, <laughs> um, yeah, like as I said, uh, yeah, but the best team's got to do it for 80 minutes and unfortunately we couldn't do that. But uh, it was a great start to our campaign and, and something we can definitely build on. Oh, absolutely. And when you think Joey Manu has to be one of the top five players in the game and we saw what happened when he was out injured for the past couple of games for the Roosters, it, like he's a he's a colossus. So extraordinary performance by the Cedars. Now, Adam got sent off. Did you get sent off as well? Is that the first time you've been sent off since your end of your playing career? What happened? <laughs> no, no. I saw that because I had a, a whole bunch of mates from back home Texted me afterwards saying I got sent off because on the on the uh, commentary, I think Andrew Voss uh, got mistaken thinking I'd been sent off. So, but it wasn't me. It was unfortunately. I, I wish it was me that got sent off. To be honest, um, instead of Adam. But do you think you'll be okay? Yeah, look, I think so. You know, I was right there and I I heard what he said and um, yeah, without going into it, obviously there's a judicial process to go through and yeah, we'll fight that. Um, you know, with the judiciary here and and hopefully he gets cleared because. Uh, what's what's been alleged to have been said and what he actually said, in my opinion, um, is completely different. So, yeah, we'll go through that process. Now, Robbie, you're pretty much fresh out of, out of um, I suppose, fresh into retirement, but are you still looking there as, as um, with, uh, your, like, through your eyes as a player as, as opposed to a coach? Like, do you, feel, do you still feel like you want to get out there and run and, and take the ball up yourself? Um, no, not really, mate. I've actually really enjoyed the experience as a coach. Uh, okay. For me, it's been a great learning curve. To come over here um, with Matty King, uh, yeah, he's mm. he's looking after the defensive side of things and just to learn from him and how he you know, presents to the team and the things he's looking for as a coach and and then you got Michael Checker as well who mm. uh, yeah when he when he speaks mate yeah he, sometimes he does make me he makes me feel like I want to get out there and play because yeah, he's cool. so inspired with the the words that he says and uh, but just to learn off them and and uh, review games and it, it's been a great learning curve for me and. Um, I've got no doubt it'll make me a better coach you know, heading back to the Tigers when I start my full-time role there.
Yeah, absolutely. Well, let, let's break down this this clash against Ireland. You've got just under a week now before you take them on, and there's one player, isn't there? I mean, they've, they've got a full team of football players, but their superstar is Luke Keary. He's a guy that's won grand finals. He's represented at all levels. Um, he's the one that needs to be stopped if Lebanon's going to win that game. Yeah, he's going to be you know there, Joey. What Joey Manu was to the Kiwis for us, and mm. uh, we not we need to come up with a game plan to to nullify his impact. Um, yeah, obviously that starts with controlling their forward pack. You know, any any half is a great player on the front foot, playing off quick play the ball. So yep. we need to slow down the ruck and shut down uh, Kiri's time and 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 cut down his options. And uh, yeah, we'll come up with a game plan around that. And um, yeah, but they're a great side. You know, I watched their game on the weekend. Um, yeah, they're pretty strong right across the park. You know, Super League players. Um, obviously, Kiri adds that class to their team as well. Richie Myler at the back. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll have our work cut out, but. Um, you know, we're quietly confident that if we can build on what we produce against the Kiwis, that um, you know that'll go a long way to us winning the game. And it's pretty much a do or die affair, really, isn't it? The, I suppose if Ireland wins this, they move on to the next phase of, of the tournament, and vice versa. Yeah, without disrespecting yep. Jamaica too much, um, yep. we'd like to think that uh, we'll get the job done against Jamaica next week. So, yeah, you're right. This will, it'll come down to the winner of this game. So this is a grand final for both of us, and, and that's the way we're treating it. Beautiful. Finally, Rob, how, how important do you reckon um, this tournament is for the health of the game of rugby league um, outside our borders? Oh, mate, I, I love it. I'm a, I'm a big advocate for the international game. I don't think we do enough to promote it. I think um, there's not enough scheduling of, of games where, yeah, the, the only way the lower tier nations are going to get better are by playing footy matches. Um, and unfortunately, at the moment, the NRL season is so long that there's just no time in the calendar to to play consistent international footy. So I think for our, for our game to become a global game, like, you know, you look at rugby union and how big, you know, they are internationally, obviously they haven't got the club sort of competitions we have, but when you speak of the international game and their world cup, it's, it's huge compared to ours. And, and the only way that we're going to grow and get bigger internationally is if we invest time and effort into the game. So, um, you know, hopefully we can continue to do that and, and see more international footy on the on the rugby league calendar. Good on you, Robbie. Listen, mate, we'll go. It's, I know it's late over there. Go and get yourself a curry. There's some great curries up there in Manchester. Get yourself a pint of lager, mate. Enjoy. Oh, mate, I've been eating way too much over here. <laughs> Hotel Denver and, um, yeah, it's, it's not good, but um, enjoying it, mate. I'm definitely enjoying it. Good on you, mate. Don't worry, I do that on a daily basis. I know you're going out for a leb feed, so I want to get your, your, your synopsis of how it was because you and I are pretty hard judges when it comes to food at restaurants. Definitely, mate. Yeah, we're going out for our first uh, Lebanese feed tomorrow. I think it's a restaurant called Feirouz here in Manchester, so we'll, um, I'll touch base next week with my verdict. Good on you, Robbie. See you, boys. Yeah, I really am uh, enjoying that Rugby League World Cup show. No, but to wrap us up today, uh, Sheffield Shield dinner in Tasmania. Tell me more. It would have to be Tasmanian wine on the table, wouldn't it? Well, no. It was the South Australian wine, actually. It was Peter mm-hmm. Lehman Stonewell. It's the, first, it's the first time I really fell in love with red wine, and it was the day before a Sheffield Shield game, so you should be taking mm-hmm. your sport seriously. Um, but unfortunately, or I should say fortunately, because I got to meet this great red wine, Peter Lehman Stonewell, um, I went to dinner with Stuart McGill, who kn- he does know his wine a lot. Um, Steve Rickson, who was the coach, and Phil Emery, who was the captain. And I always thought if you're going to you're going to play up and be naughty, you may as well do it with the, ca- the coach and the captain, so you won't get in trouble. Well, we had this first bottle of red wine, and it's the best glass of wine I've ever had. 
Mm. Well, they only had four bottles, didn't they, there? So we ended up drinking four of them and, and two more um, before the first day of a Shield game. And we won, Tim. <laughs> of course you won. Of course you won. <laughs> with, a, with a searing hangover. God rest his soul, Shane Warne and Tim May. I remember being in the bar with them in 93-94 against New Zealand and everyone was up singing Piano Man and they were drinking <laughs> the odd drink here and there. They just ran through New Zealand. I think it was over in 2.2 days. It was the quickest test match in the history of it. Ah, different times, Shana. Different times. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. Our fantastic sponsors, Barclay Pierce Capital. You're only a phone call away. And our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. Thank you. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts, like the Building Resilience Podcast. Noel Allnup, the CEO of Securo, explores the minds of world-class performers in order to deconstruct their life tools and ethos that can help us create growth and optimise business. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com. Afternoon sport.